0: morning. The word this morning comes from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 8 of the New Living Translation. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Tim.
0: Big thanks to
1: Kara Markeen for promoting the run this morning. I signed myself up last weekend for the run for H2O. I'm going to do the 10 So, If you want to run with me, I'd encourage you to, uh, when you get home, head onto their website and sign up for that. It's going to be a fantastic event. So last week we had the privilege of celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've been in a series called The Jesus That I Long To Know. We've talked about how Jesus is the healer of wounds, how Jesus is the one who calms the storms. We've talked about how Jesus is the Son of God. We've talked about how Jesus is our risen hope. And this morning I want us to focus on how Jesus is the sender. And last week, we celebrated this reality that God became man in the person of Jesus Christ and became for us a way in which we might be reconciled to God. That Jesus became for us a way in which we might experience life to the full. Last week, we celebrated that Jesus became for us a way in which we might know freedom in our lives. And these are all things worth celebrating, are they not? This morning I want to talk about how this same Jesus has sent us, you and me, to share this amazing truth with others. In the church we use this word evangelism. I don't know what comes to mind when you hear the word evangelism. I don't know what you think when you hear the word evangelism. If you've never heard the word evangelism, it very simply, you could say that it means to share your faith in Jesus with someone else. Um, but I don't know what you feel when you hear that word. Uh, if you're like me, you probably get a little nervous, maybe a little fidgety in your seats. The thought of walking up to people and telling them about Jesus and telling them about your faith can be a little bit intimidating. Uh, Eugene Peterson tells a story about himself when he was a child. And I love this story. He talks about how uh, he was picked on a lot as a kid, and and the other kids would bully him and call him Jesus Sissy. And Eugene didn't like this, obviously. Um, But one day, these bullies are coming after Eugene Peterson, and he decides he's going to fight back. And so he fights back and finds himself successful in conquering this one bully. And he's on top of this bully. And he's like, what do I do? I've never been in this position. So he's, he does to this kid what other kids have done to him. He says, say uncle. And the boy calls back, uncle. He said, Say uncle. Uncle. And Eugene Peterson then notices that he has an opportunity. He says, say that Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. <laughs> and the bully answers back, Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. Eugene Peterson says, I had my first convert. <laughs> but isn't that kind of what we think about with evangelism? It's, we've almost turned sharing our faith into something where I just have to conquer the other person. I just have to make them think the right things. I have to make them have the right opinions, the right thoughts. I have to make them learn the truth. And if that's been your experience with evangelism, maybe you're not a Christian here this morning, maybe you're here for the first time, and you feel like Christians are bullies. If that's you, I apologize. That's not how it's supposed to be. And I think what we often get in our heads when we think evangelism is is this picture of like an angry street preacher, someone yelling at other people to to know Jesus. And out of fear of being that way, because I don't want to be that way, And I'm sure none of you want to be that way. Out of fear of being that way, we go to this other extreme where we kind of tiptoe around our faith. I don't want to talk about my faith with others. Uh, Recent Canadian statistics talk about how the church in Canada is incredibly good at talking about evangelism. We're incredibly good at talking about the importance of telling others about Jesus. But the same statistics report that we are very poor at actually engaging in this. And most churches point to programs like Alpha as the primary way in which they witness to their communities or share Jesus to their communities. And I think that's a bit of a shame. Because Jesus didn't send out the disciples, and Jesus isn't sending us out to be people who stand on street corners and, and yell at others to become Christians. But he also hasn't sent us out to tiptoe around our faith and hide it from other people. Rather, I believe that Jesus has equipped us. He's given us all the resources we need. And he sent us out to be witnesses. Jesus has equipped us and sent us out to be witnesses. So this morning I want to talk about sharing our faith. Sharing what we believe. And hopefully help us move from either extreme of being like an angry street street preacher or being someone who tiptoes around our faith. Our text this morning is a good place to start coming off the heels of Easter. Jesus rose from the dead. The disciples were in disbelief of this fact. Luke writes to us in Acts that Jesus appeared to them in many different occasions, many different ways. And something that is so clear that we see is that The message that Jesus is giving to us and what Luke is writing to us, it's clear that we are sent to continue Jesus' work. We need to jump ahead a few slides there. We are sent to continue Jesus' work. And I love how the book of Acts begins. Because we look at this first sentence that Tim read for us this morning. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with you all that Jesus began to do and preach. Now do you notice that word began? I think it's really important. Luke, who also authored the Gospel of Luke, wrote all about Jesus' life. And now he's writing a second volume. And he doesn't make a distinction in saying, Theophilus, the first book was all about Jesus, now the second book is all about the disciples. He doesn't say that. He says, Theophilus, that first book I wrote, it's the beginning of what Jesus was saying and what Jesus was doing. And Theophilus, this second book I'm writing to you, it's the continuation of all that Jesus was saying and all that Jesus was doing. And you might say, well, I don't." Jesus isn't walking around in the book of Acts. But I think this is what Luke's getting at. Jesus is alive. The resurrection was not the end of the story. Jesus ascended into heaven and He sent His Holy Spirit down to dwell with His people, to live in us, so that when we walk, when we preach, when we go and share the good news of Jesus Christ, it's like Jesus Christ is alive, living and breathing through us. Because He is alive, living and breathing through us, speaking through us, ministering through us to others. Jesus is not in the tomb. He is alive. His ministry is continuing today. He's still at work today. And the idea of God. The creator of the universe interacting with people, coming down in the person of Jesus, dwelling among people. His story interacting with our stories. That's continuing to happen today. The story of God, the story of the person in the work of Jesus, interacting with my story, interacting with your story. Luke points out a bit of this reality that Jesus was teaching and and revisiting His disciples. What are some of the things that Jesus was saying to them? Well, we have multiple accounts of this. Uh, Matthew 28 is when we talk about a lot here in our church. Our mission statement is based off Matthew 28. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end. We have a similar message in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 24. You are witnesses of these things. You're witnesses of the Christ, is what Jesus is saying, of the Messiah coming to man. Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city till you are clothed with power from on high. And then in John chapter 20, similarly, Jesus visiting the disciples, he says to them, peace be with you, as the Father has sent me. Even so, I am sending you. And perhaps we have an amazing summary of this when we get into the book of Acts. In chapter, uh, in chapter 1, verse 8, when Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses. To sum all this up, we see that we are sent in power to be witnesses. Witnesses. Jesus has sent us in power to be witnesses. This evangelism thing, it, it's an important part of being a believer, of, of living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. But if you're like me, you might hear that, you understand that, but you come to this point point, you're like, how do I do that? What does that mean? Well, I want to give you perhaps a different perspective on the how-to of engaging in evangelism. And again, I feel like this word evangelism has become so jam-packed with meaning in our churches. And I wonder if because of that meaning we have difficulty engaging with it. I wonder if we've lost the simplicity of being a witness. Because I think what's happened with evangelism is that we train people that to share your faith with others you need to be equipped in apologetics you need to be equipped in theology. You need to be able to win an argument. But what's the problem with that? Well, it makes it seem like sharing your faith with someone else or sharing Jesus with someone else, that coming to faith in Jesus is all about intellectual assent. As if only I could make you think the right things. But what's fascinating to me in addition to that is that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus isn't saying, and you will be... The people who are going out teaching theology and teaching apologetics. That's not what he's saying to them. Now, are those things incredibly important? Yes, those things are incredibly important, and we'll talk about that. But what is the charge that Jesus gives to them? He instructs them to be witnesses. To be a witness. We are to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. But what does that mean? What is a witness? We have a couple definitions here. Um, A couple nouns for witness, a person who sees an event take place. Another noun, evidence or proof. A couple verbs for what witness means is to see an event, typically a crime or accident in the way we use the word today, take place. Another verb, have knowledge of an event or change from a personal observation or experience. That's really interesting, isn't it? So let's take these definitions and apply them to what Jesus is instructing us to in Acts chapter 1. If being a witness requires that we see an event take place, have a personal knowledge, a personal observation or experience, we need to ask ourselves these fundamentally important questions What is our witness of Jesus? What is your witness of Jesus? What is the good news to you? These are incredibly important questions for us to ask if we are to be witnesses of Jesus. Because we do this naturally with so many things. We do this naturally with so many things. If you spend any time with me uh, during the week, you'll probably find that I talk a lot about my daughter. And let me tell you, I am a witness to my daughter being able to clap. She just learned to clap. She's eight and a half months old. I am a witness to my daughter smiling at people and watching their faces also light up because she has this beautiful smile. And I am a witness to my daughter keeping me awake at night and keeping my wife (laughs) awake at night. I am a witness to my daughter crying when she is upset. And what do I do with all these things I've witnessed? I talk about them. I I tell others about my daughter. I tell others about the joy that I receive in spending time with my daughter. We do this with sports all the time. We are witnesses of the Oilers not making the playoffs again. Some of you who've been to uh, watch the Oilers play, you are witnesses to Connor McDavid skating at unbelievable speeds. And that's one of those things. You've got to see it to believe it. The TV isn't enough. But we see things all the time. And we take those things and we tell others about them. Why do we tell others about them? Well, in some cases we tell others about them because it's good news. Well, that's an interesting connection, isn't it? It's good news. Friends, what we celebrated last week in church, as good news. God became Man to make a way for us to have a relationship with our Creator, that we might have life abundantly, that we might know freedom, that we might understand and experience a purpose in our lives that far surpasses anything that this world has to offer. And God's made that available to us freely through His grace. That is incredibly good news. We ought to be sharing that with others. This idea of evangelism, um, this word evangelism actually doesn't even appear in your Bibles. If you go looking for the word evangelism, you will not find it. Uh, the closer thing we have is the, this um, Greek verb, euangelion, which is talking about proclamation of good news. And when we read about Jesus' ministry, it talks about him going town to town proclaiming good news. Proclaiming good news. That was the ministry of Jesus. And so I want to suggest to us that our witness, us sharing about Jesus, begins with us sharing our witness, sharing with others the things that we have seen and experienced in relation to the person of Jesus. Well, what does this look like? Some of you have heard me tell this story, but um, I had been—I took a class on evangelism last semester at Taylor Seminary and really enjoyed it and. Um, part of this class was we had to do evangelism, which I was absolutely terrified about. Uh, but some of these concepts and ideas, my teacher had been teaching to us. And so I'm going to get my hair cut, and I have in the back of my mind that I have an assignment due on evangelism, and I need to evangelize in order to do that assignment, uh, which maybe sounds like terrible motivation. But in thinking about these things, I, I'm sitting down, I'm getting my hair cut. And the hairdresser asks me about my summer. How was your summer? I say, oh, my summer was really good. Have, my wife and I had a baby. And uh, so we start having a conversation about this. And the hairdresser s- shares with me that um, her sister is trying to have a baby. And, and she can't because of infertility. And that they're pursuing IVF treatments. And so I share with her, that's really interesting. My wife and I struggle with infertility for about five years. And the hairdresser's like, whoa, five years like, yeah, it was a really difficult time. And so we're dialoguing about this, and she's curious now. She's like, well, what did you do? You have a daughter now? I was like, yeah, we do. She's like, well, did you do IVF? No. What did you do? It's like, we prayed. She's like, you prayed? I was like, yeah, we prayed for five years. We prayed, and we asked God that he'd, he'd give us a baby. And we unpacked that a bit. But this conversation went on and I just shared with her that, you know, I believe that my prayers don't hit the ceiling. I I believe that there's a God in heaven who hears these prayers that I pray. And I believe that God in heaven, he's a good father and he, he wants to answer those prayers. And that was the end of the conversation. Did she become a Christian? I don't think so. But do you see how it gets her thinking about these spiritual things, these spiritual questions? Maybe she even went home and prayed. I don't know. But something, what did I do in that situation? I shared my witness. Because in my life, one of the most profound witnesses I have of Jesus Christ is Him answering years and years of prayer that my wife and I would have a baby. And He answered that prayer. Now some people would call that coincidence. Some people would say... Well, you kept trying to have kids. I guess you had kids. No. The doctors told us there was less than a 1% chance that we'd ever conceive naturally. We have a baby. That baby is an answer to prayers. There's a God in heaven who hears prayers. That is my witness. And I leave it at that. It wasn't an apologetic argument. It wasn't a theology lesson. We have an opportunity to share our witness it might be with a hairdresser. It might be with someone that you've been desiring to share your faith with for years and years. It might be someone that you rub shoulders with at a hockey arena or on the sidelines of a soccer game. It might be someone that your kids go to school with. It might be someone you go to school with. Someone at your workplace. In all these settings, you have an opportunity. It's not about saying, hey, you got to believe, you've got to believe. Rather, it's about sharing with them the things that Jesus is doing in your life and with your family. These conversations are based on relationship. It's taking opportunities, saying, Oh, yeah, I was at church this weekend. I was really encouraged. Because when I go to church and worship with other believers, I'm really encouraged. You just shared your witness. <laughs> One sentence. It's easy. But here's the thing. You have a unique opportunity to share Jesus. You find yourselves in places that your pastors and, and those who maybe you, can, you respect um, as evangelists, you have, you have position in places that other people can't get to. I can't come to your work and sit with you and, and evangelize. I can't do those things. You're sitting and finding yourself in a place that no one else finds them in. As a church, we desire that we would have a witness in our community. That the good news of Jesus, the things that we celebrate as a community week after week, that we wouldn't just keep that locked in the walls of this church, but that we would live it out. That's why we do things like supporting the bridge ministry. That's why we do things like putting on the spring carnival in our community. That's why we support things like the Run for H2O, because we believe that... Jesus has done a really good work. And so we want to go and participate in good works in the name of Jesus in our community and around the world. And there's so many ways for us to do that. And what I love about this idea of witnessing is that it's not limited to us sharing with other people who don't know Jesus. Every time we get together as a church, we have opportunity to witness to one another. I think about the various ministries we have in in our church. Um, One that comes to mind is the Hearing God Seminars that uh, Pastor Ken puts on with Jenny. And something I love about what they do is they sit down and they practice listening to God. And then they share with one another what they believe they felt God say to them. That is an amazing witness. They're able to say, Man, I, I prayed, I asked God a question, and He answered me. They just witnessed to one another every time they shared that. Similarly, at our men's prayers um, at 6 a.m. on Tuesday mornings, we share with each other prayer requests. Sometimes we're sharing with one another the ways in which God has answered those prayers. Each one of us are full of testimony. Each one of us are full of things that we've witnessed, that we have the opportunity to share with others. And it's incredibly important. Oftentimes we think that sharing a testimony is is about sharing about your conversion experience. And and while that's true, it, it can make it sound like your experience with Jesus stays at that point in time. But it just keeps going. And we keep having testimony. We keep having things that we can share. As I thought about this over the last few months, it's This prayer has emerged for me. And it's just this prayer like, Lord Jesus, I want to witness you more. How can I experience you more? How can I see you more? So that I have something to share with others. What I love about what we read in Acts in our passage this morning is that Jesus didn't even just leave them with their witness and experience of Him. But He also empowered them. And then Jesus empowers us to share our witness. Jesus promised that the disciples would receive power, that they would receive power. And this word "power" in the Greek is dunamos, which is the word we get we get the English word dynamite from. This Greek word dunamos, which means power, this explosive power. And Jesus saw this as so pivotal and so important that he told the disciples. To go and wait in Jerusalem. Wait for this power. Wait for the one whom I'm going to send. Don't go out and do this witness thing until you have this power. And it's interesting because I wonder if a hindrance that you and I feel in sharing our witness about Jesus comes because we think that we're going at it alone or that we're doing it alone. But that's not the case. Jesus promised that He would equip us and empower us. I wonder if one of the hindrances some of us feel is that the sense of I'm not fill in the blank enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not intelligent enough, I'm not well spoken enough, I'm not well read enough, I'm not brave enough, I'm not good looking enough, whatever the excuses you want to give. But Jesus comes to them and he says, No, I'm going to give you power. I'm going to equip you to do this. I'm going to equip you to share more about me. And something that I love about telling others about Jesus is that we need to remember that it's not our jobs to make other people receive this good news. It's not our jobs to see other people come to a point where Uh, where they are sharing in the joy that we feel with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's our jobs to share. It's our job to witness. It's our job to get the message out. But changing the heart, doing a work on a person, that's a work that only God can do. And we read a bit about this in John. In John chapter 16, Jesus uh, is talking about how he's going to ascend into heaven and he says that, "I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. but if I go, I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment." So Jesus is getting at here, that this idea of changing a person's heart, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we pray that people would receive Jesus. We pray that people would receive that conviction from the Holy Spirit. But seeing them come to a saving faith in Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit's job. What's our job? We bear witness. We bear witness. We do the work of evangelists, which is we do the work of proclaiming the good news. Beyond empowering our witness, the Holy Spirit also wants to empower our life. And the Holy Spirit empowering our life increases our experiences of Jesus. It increases the things that we would have to witness. It helps—the Holy Spirit helps us be people of witness. Friends, sharing about Jesus in 2019 in Canada is not an easy task. I find so often before I am engaged in any type of spiritual conversation that— I require quiet prayers under my breath. (laughs) Praying that the Holy Spirit would help me have courage and give me the words that are necessary. And it's easy to think that being in Canada in 2019, that people are really closed off to this whole Jesus thing. And I want to challenge that and say, I don't think that's true. I think people are closed off to religion. I think people are closed off to the angry street preachers and people trying to tell them what to think. But what happens when we're sharing our witness and our experience? When we come to someone and we say, this is is what happened to me. That is an undeniable thing that's happened to you. They can listen, they can ask questions, and maybe it will lead to more things. But in all this, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. And what I love about the working of the Spirit in the midst of evangelism and, and sharing our witness, leading people to Jesus, is that the role that we come to play might be the smallest part of someone's story. I think of my conversation with the, the girl who's cutting my hair. You know, we just talked about prayer. It's such a small piece of so much more. But maybe the next person is going to talk to her about something else related to spirituality, and then someone else. And one conversation might build on the next. And that's okay. Again, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Friends, we are sent by Jesus to continue in His work. And He's empowered us by His Spirit to be His witnesses. So in closing, my question for you is, how have you witnessed Jesus lately? The good news that we talk about on Sunday mornings, this idea of Jesus empowering us to live a life to the full, this idea of Jesus bringing freedom this idea of Jesus meeting our needs, bringing us peace when we're feeling anxiety, bringing us joy in the midst of depression. Are you experiencing that, Jesus? And if so, how does that shape what the good news is to you? And again, I'm sure there are some of you today who maybe you are just checking out church, maybe you're just checking out faith and have lots of questions about these things. And I want to assure you that I have witnessed Jesus. And it's good news. It's really good news. And I want to encourage you, keep asking questions. Keep looking for truth. Keep seeking it out. As a church, how can we join together in being a community that is bearing witness to our community and to this city, to the world around us? And there's so many things that we're doing. but I want to encourage you that being an evangelist isn't about being an angry street preacher. And that you don't need to shy away from talking to others about your faith. This comes back to sharing about the things that you've witnessed, that you have experienced. Let's pray together. Father God, we just, Lord, we thank you so much that you are a risen Lord. Jesus, that you are alive. And that that reality can shape our day-to-day lives. Lord, that the reality that you are alive is good news to us. Lord, not just on a Sunday morning, but every other day of the week. It is good news. And so, Father, I pray that you would help each one of us to be witnesses of that good news. Lord, that you would open our eyes to see you in the day-to-day realities of our lives in the day-to-day realities of our children, in the day-to-day realities of our workplaces, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would open up our eyes that we might witness you, that we might see the ways in which you're moving and working, the ways in which you're speaking. And Lord, I pray that you'd help each one of us to be people who proclaim that good news to others. So Lord, we just ask that your spirit would empower us in that. In the name of Jesus, amen.